FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Mech Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I don't want to say I'm an avid listener, but okay. I would say I'm a listener. Yep. I hear the ratings are Seinfeld-like. Must be Maybe. nice just to make your own schedule and, like, your fee doesn't change. Nope. We like him holding all the power. What's up, Steve? What's up, Dad? <laughs> What's up, son? What is it now? I'm not winning. I'm married. I'm lame. <laughs> I'm settling down. <laughs> Back then, when I was a kid, I was thinking I was going to be a Suzuki guy for life. Kenny's like, hey, just give me the date, and I'll be there. But I don't, yeah, you know, make sure the front fender's red. I'm going to be glued to your ass in every (laughs) practice trying to get a fast lap. And I know my eyes are going to sparkle. I'm already shivering over here. I don't really know. (laughs) I I, Honestly, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to show up. (laughs) Those whoops drew me into an early retirement. JV, you've been a vet rider for eight years. I am. What do you mean he was into woods racing? He was great. He, <laughs> he was, was a legit, ch- right? He was a champion. Yeah. He was into <laughs> woods racing. <laughs> Let me finish, Steven. No, my brother is not capable of a whole lot other than riding a dirt bike. <laughs> You've been the conductor since the beginning. Jeremy knows he fucked up. That's the worst idea ever. You're an idiot. Phil, how does it feel to win the 2022 Pulp Mech Show fans' favorite rider bracket? What's that? Uh, yep, I'll be in there to uh, get in the mix with him up there in the top three. Are you, are you angry tonight? Are you in a bad mood? Not at all. Okay, all right. You're just very short. Very like, you know. I, I mean, I was, I was born this way. I would have bet my tall ceilings <laughs> that they would podium a red bud. I'm not selling the merch. Berluti hates Chiz. That's the, that's one Chiz oh, to get paid. Oh. All right, it's Wednesday night, which means it's time for another Pulp Mix wrap-up show. One that I'm sure Steve will criticize. I'm your host, Darkside, and I'm brought to you tonight by Seal Savers. We're on a little bit of a limited schedule. Got some family stuff to get to, birthday night, all that good stuff. So let's get right into my guest. First up, brought to you by Guts Racing, one of my favorite privateers, Justin Starling. Oh, I mean, wait, wait, sorry. Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade? I hate you so much, dude. At least at least you remembered my name after you got it wrong. I always remember your name. I forgot Justin's name. I just don't see you sometimes. Yeah, I'm just a ghost. You're a ghost. That was, look, dude, that was more in the early days when I was still a little bit of a nervous wreck talking to people that I barely, you know, like I was still a little bit in awe of maybe. And you got to give me a break, dude. It's been a long time. I don't know if it's been a long time. Now you just walk by because you're too cool. That is not true. Whatever. Okay. Next up, he is a contributor to Verb Moto and he is brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. My boy. CEO. What? CEO. Verb Moto CEO. Why are you interrupting? Why are you interrupting my read? Sorry, bro. Gotta get that straight though. Yeah, go ahead. CEO, fine of Vermoto. 
Troy Dog. What's up, Troy? I'm here. I'm on time, and I'm ready to rip. I was a little worried because I texted you, and you didn't respond. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. I missed the call, too. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, listen, tonight we are discussing show 511 with the great Justin Brayton in studio. And on the phone, we had Kenny Roxon, Alex Martin, who just announced his retirement, Jason Wygant, Phil Nicoletti, and the legend Tony freaking Berluti. First up, Cade, just overall thoughts on the show. What'd you think? Uh, good show. Lots of guests. Um, uh, JB is a really good co-host. He's a little too positive to, oh, I love this guy this much. I love this guy. We need some negative out of GB, JB. Okay. Like like some, some this guy sucks. <laughs> um, but he's too nice to say that stuff, so I'll say it for him. All right. Well, that, I wish. But, yeah, we should get on every topic. I should just let you be JB and give a different, give your the the correct answers. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not really supposed to give opinions here, anyway. So, uh, what were some high points or some low points of the show, Kate? Anything stand out that was, you know, like oh, that was kind of a bummer, or anything that was really just exciting or inform- informative? I enjoyed the show a lot. I enjoyed Berludi at the end. Um, I could have done without his and Steve's rant about pay because oh. I feel like they were arguing the same thing. No, we're getting to and, that. That's the last thing we were oh talking about tonight. Oh my gosh. Like that, that was beating my head against the wall. Listening okay. To that. Well, let's save that because that's going to probably what we're going to wrap up with. And I actually had a listener message me a pretty funny, like a, not analogy, but a comparison that we're going to talk about. But other than that, Troy dog show five eleven thoughts, highs, lows, favorite guest. Tell me about it. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed it as always. I, mean, I don't want your opinion. I, I don't want your opinion on the show. Oh, no, it's not right. You actually, it's huh? on the show. I guess you're okay. You just asked me what I thought of the show. <laughs> you know, so. I, was, I was just being a smart ass. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the show was great. Um, I, I don't think I've ever actually listened to a show that I didn't like maybe like one or two, but, uh, you know, with Brayton in studios his first time. And I mean, he's always, always so good. Like I'm not going to be Wygant here and like, you know, cause I, I got my dudes, but he, you know, with um, Berluti coming in at the end, like anytime Berluti's in studio, it's it's so funny to me. Like th- this comments that he makes and like the arguments. He, I mean, he's seen everything in the sport. So like the arguments that he has for things. You're a liberal. Like <laughs> I am. Okay, no, that's what. No, that's what he said to Steve. You're a liberal. Oh, I know. We'll get to that later. But um, oh, will we? I mean, the show. Need, the sh- you just said that. <laughs> but right. the show really needed more Nick Way. Um, and that would have been perfect. Okay. All That's right. What I was say. Well, yeah, I thought it was a good show. I really enjoyed having Alex Martin on. And uh, that, that was probably my, my high of the show. I really enjoyed Alex and some of his stories. So we're going to get right into Alex. <clears throat> announces he's, you know, the 450 rookie of the year, Cade. Alex Martin announces a reti- his retirement, says that Steve is the, uh, or was the conductor of the Troll Train fan club. He also said that his 1110 Mods Honda was his favorite bike sort of jokingly at first, but, and, you know, he said he was pretty happy with his career, but Alex is a good guest. Um, a lot of good, some good stories, you know, talking about his brother and maybe taking over Millville. Just, I, I really enjoyed Alex. That was my personal favorite of the get, show of the night guest of the night. what did you think of Alex? What was your favorite part? Uh, I like Alex. Um, he's a really good dude. Um, he, it sucks because I feel like he is so professional when he does these things. And Steve's show is like, I don't know. It's like the one show that I think everyone can call into and be okay with being unprofessional. Yeah, that's and true. And like, I think me, A-Ray, Entignap, and Phil, like kind of, you know, 
emphasize that. Like we just love <laughs> kind of letting loose on Steve's show. Sure. Um, and I wish Alex would sometimes because he's, he's so funny. Um, but sometimes he's just so like flat and yeah, I, yeah. I almost felt like that on this show. Like when him and JB get going like in the shop and stuff, it's so funny. And, uh, I just didn't get it from Alex. Okay. I, I didn't get that warm fuzzy. Wow. You're, you're really killing me right now. Troll train. But, uh, he was a good guest. Um, you know, I think he hit a lot of good points talking about his future. Um, you know, being ready to be a dad at some point and start a family with this chick. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that is a tough part of the sport where if you're not making a ton of money, um, it's really, really difficult to be able to do that. Um, and still race. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's listen to a little bit of the audio that you're talking about his, uh, reason for retirement from four fifties or from his, his career and a little bit about how he felt about his four fifty career. Rookie of the year for the Supercross. Uh, you're outdoors, Troll, and, and let's face it, you, you once led the series, you won 250 Nationals. Your outdoors is your stronger point. It seems like if you get a start, you crash, or if you're fast, you, you're, you don't get a start that you need. It's been an up-and-down outdoors for the 2-6 so far through half, the first half of the season. I think I made the right call being a career 250 guy. Just with my size, my stature, and I mean, to be honest, like if you look at – you know, I, I was when I was a factory racer for those five years from like sixteen to twenty. It was it was good, but it took me seven years of being a privateer, like figuring out the two hundred and fifty class, right, to be good at that level. And it's like I, I guess four hundred and fifty. Like I definitely am not like a quick learner. It seems like it takes me a while to pick up things, you know. Um, so, well, yeah. All in all, it's definitely been it's a four hundred and fifty class. I mean, as JB knows, it's a steep learning curve, and you know, I, I really did want to just give this four hundred and fifty thing a shot yes. one year, and yep. be grateful for the Colomex guys for giving me this opportunity. But um, yeah, it's it's been fun, and yeah. I think part of it, like I've known deep down, it was going to be. I mean, I would say probably from about the third round of Supercross, like I knew it was <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> first, it only took three rounds? The first set of yeah, whoops. Like, come out of here. And actually, the first three rounds whoops were pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Oakland's not too bad, but right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, those whoops drew me into an early retirement. The arm injury I had in Colorado last year, that was really something that took a lot of wind out of my sails just because that was a really painful injury. The grind that goes with trying to be competitive at the top level, mm -hmm. um, I've been doing it for a long, long time. The travel, um, my wife and I, we'd like to kind of start a family, and she always told me, she's like, you know, no kids until you're done racing, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, that's something we we agree on together. So, Troy Dog, uh, yeah, Amart. I you know I thought he was fairly funny, kind of making fun of himself a little bit while being serious. Like, hey, it took me seven years to figure out the two fifties, and you know his stature. Like, he was, you know, there, there was some truth in that, right? For him, that he kind of had some. It was an eye opening experience this year. I liked that. I thought it was fairly humorous the way he kind of told it, but at the same time, giving us some perspective of really his real reasons. I enjoy. That's part of what I enjoyed with this particular interview with Alex. Yeah, whenever Alex on the show, he's super real, and that's why I like it. And, like, he just, like, he owns it. So, like, when he was saying, like, you could tell, like, this year was an eye-opening experience for him, and, like, he kind of bit off more than he could chew maybe with the 450. But he, when he was on, like, last year, he was like, I want to try it before I'm done. And he did. And he, I think he gave it his best effort this year. Like, he's never going to go in half, half-assing it. So, I don't know. Whenever Alex is on, it's always fun to hear his insight. But then – when, this time I liked it because, I mean, Steve did this with Marty um, when he hung it up or was going to hang it up. 
and they like did a look back in his career. Like, and that's what I really like about those interviews. Cause yeah. he'll ask him about like going back in time, like your best bike. And like, I just love hearing that insight. Like, and so, you know, Alex was really good interview. Yeah. And Kate, you know, he kind of talked about the injury right in Colorado. So that was something that maybe, you know, we knew he got hurt, but we didn't really know. He's like, Hey, that was a really painful injury. And you kind of start thinking as he sort of hinted at, as you get older, like, man, this, I don't, you know, I don't want to keep getting hurt all the time. It's, it's getting, as you get older, it, it's worse. It takes longer to heal. You can kind of tell there was a little bit of like, man, okay, it's, it's, it's time. Like he was sensing that it was, it's time. Things were getting more difficult. The 450 ride had to be probably pretty disappointing that he didn't do better. And I kind of wish Steve or JB had asked like, Hey man, like really, you know, does it suck? Like, are you, well, how does that feel that it really didn't go how you thought it would? And they didn't really ask that, but still, I mean, it was open, a little, little eye opening from Amar, I think, Cade. Yeah, I agree. Um, he, uh, I think sometimes when dudes get hurt, they kind of go MIA. So then when they come back, they're like, Oh, I'm all good. And people just think like, Oh, he's all good. It wasn't that big of a deal, but <clears throat> kind of like, Phil, when Phil was on, he was talking about how bad his arm is still right now. It's kind of the same thing. Like you get older, injuries are harder to come back from. And like, you know, we've all been injured a ton of times and at some point you just get over it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, your wife gets tired of helping you off the freaking couch and, you know, you're tired of being sore and, you know, you look at the person sitting on the couch across from you eating whatever they want and drinking whatever they want. And you're over there freaking trying to be perfect and you know sometimes you get over it and i think that over it's not maybe not the right word but just like helps realize that you're ready to do something else yeah time to move on and and justin brayton obviously knows amart very well and said you know he's gonna be back right you know, like i just know next year there's gonna be some times he's gonna be ready to ride and even phil when he came on he discussed that a little bit i know that that fucker better than anybody and it's the same story beginning of the year he loves his bike. It's the greatest bike he's ever ridden. About halfway through, he's over it. He can't wait for a break. At the end of the year, he's like, I'm done. I'm not riding on my dirt bike for two months, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> two and a half weeks go by. He's like, oh, I need to go ride. I think I might go ride. I need to start training. It's just like, dude, it's it's the same thing. It's been going on now for 12 years. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. um, and now that he's going to live in Minnesota for four or five months, that's going to be magnified. So I would imagine in March and stuff, you'll... <laughs> He'll start, be, he'll start banging out 30s before yep. you know it. Cade, and I'm going to get to you too also, Troy, but anybody that rides, anybody that's been hurt at any level in motocross knows that that's pretty damn accurate. Within the first couple of days, you're like, this is, this is I'm, I'm done. I'm selling all my stuff. I'm over it. And it doesn't even have to be injury. Like, he, he, he's tired. He's been racing professionally for, for years, doing this his whole life. He's over it right now. But a few months from now, most of us, Cade, are ready to go riding again, and then you miss that competition and, you know, the the adrenaline and just the camaraderie of racing and all that. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, you know, and I think people can people can figure that out from everyday life things too. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's been at that point when it comes to something. They're just over it. They're so pissed off that they, they don't even want to look at it anymore. And, you know, I've been at that point with dirt bikes before. And, uh, you know, I think we all get there at some point, but it is, it sucks. You know, I didn't ride outdoors. 
um, for quite a while after Supercross, and then I just kind of started to wanted to started to want to ride, and we all get there, and it comes back around. So I'm I'm sure it'll happen with Troll, just like it happens with everyone. I mean, Dungey's a perfect example. Yeah, the last two big injuries I've had: the Bradshaw crash and one a few about two years before that, broken ribs, punctured lung on both of them. It was like within the first couple of days. I'm looking at other options. What what can I? What's my new hobby going to be? But by the time I get out of the hospital, I'm like, all right, what's it going to cost to fix the bike? Because I'm ready to go ride. Uh, yeah, Troy, your thoughts on uh, Amart? Probably, maybe we see him at a round or two of uh, nationals or something. You know, even if it's a, I, I don't know, a, a money race somewhere. Just we're going to see him. He's going to be back racing somewhere. He's got to be right. He can't be done. Done. No, he'll be back. I think. Um... Well, I don't know. He seems like he might want to do GNCCs. That would be cool to see him in the woods. I think, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. He was mentioning that. Maybe yeah, it was like him and AP ended up there one day. That would be so cool. And, and Zacho and, and Cooper Webb, apparently. <laughs> Cooper Webb's been riding in the yeah. woods. So. <laughs> We're all going to ride GNCCs now. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see him quitting or giving up. Like It's it's Amart. He's been racing since, what, 07, 08, somewhere in I think 09 was his first year. Right. At least year. Millville, right, Kate? I mean, at least every year at Millville, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to come out. You know, maybe he has to go through the, the LCQ, but uh, he'll be out there. Oh, I mean, I think Millville would be the best shot for him to get out there and still make motos and uh, do really well if he, you know, takes the whole summer off. But he'll always be fit. You know, he says he's tired of training, but that dude's a hell of a runner and, you know, he'll – He'll be around. Yeah, I mean, he's got to keep troll train going on. What happens? He can't get fat and out of shape and still run troll train or troll. What is it? Uh, uh, troll training or whatever you call it. Haven't you seen? Haven't yeah. you seen how his year's been going? He is fat and out of shape. <laughs> you know, hey, when they were talking about the bike and being small, I really wish he had brought. I wish Steve had said, "Yeah, every everything looks small on the bike, but your pegs." Have you seen those yeah. things? They're huge. Oh yeah. my god, they're, they're like so tall. They're like Gene Simmons' fucking boots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, st- one of the topics or one of the, the comments that Steve brought up with Alex that I thought was actually pretty insightful was the fact that he's done so much really with less talent than a lot of guys. And that's not easy to do. Kate, you know, I mean, to, to be as successful as Alex has, whoa, 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 whoa. are you just calling me not talented? No, wow. no, not exactly. Like that to me. I'm talking about the fact that you're a professional racer and you can understand the difference Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Continue. That, that's. I just wanted your thoughts on that. I think that was pretty insightful. Like he did not have the most talent of all the guys in his classes, but was worked around that with hard work and determination and just getting better. Yeah, I mean, you look back to where him and Phil were on eleven ten. You know, that's where a lot of guys like myself started. I mean. 1110 had a heck of a story and they had really, really fast motorcycles. Um, so that's why they kind of blew up, but there's so many guys that have been in similar situations like that. And, uh, you just kind of got to grind and figure it out and meet people and, um, get your head in the right door and, you know, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, if, you, I mean, if you quit early, like it's easy to just give up. Yeah. And Troy, do you think this, with what Steve said, do you think that is a little more impressive? His career compared to maybe somebody, you know, somebody that maybe with a little more talent and is, is more successful, a little bit more successful. It's still to have less talent and work harder to achieve some of the similar goals just shows a little bit more hard, I think. Maybe not more hard, but it's it's more impressive for me. 
It is. Even like with Amar and then, you know, the guys who, who had to try like Weston Pike, he's another guy. Like, yeah. He's, these are guys that I like to like, I'm helping out Grant Harlan and I'm like trying to show him like results of these guys from back in the day. And it's like, they grinded to get to the top and they made it. So it's like, he's a poster child for that. Amart is. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, that does again, some of the privateers, right. That don't have as many options or as much help. It takes more work for guys like yourself to, to have the same, to even get to the same race. It takes way more work. So then to maybe not always have the best bike or the best equipment, but have such, you know, top 10 results, top five results at times, it, it, it's again, it's just more impressive than having all everything handed to you and all the talent in the world. I think that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. No, I mean, I hear you. I think Weston Pike is a better example yeah. of it than Alex. I think Alex is super talented and a lot of guys learn from his ability on the yeah. motorcycle. Um, but <clears throat> either way, it's an example of you just got to keep kind of going until you get and literally until you get your foot in the right doors and you know learn from the right people i mean that's how you get better right if you don't know how to do it naturally you got to learn from somebody better than you yeah good point and the other thing that alex was talking about that i thought was pretty good and pretty interesting was him talking about um looking back on your career it's really cool when you look back and just there's so many times, you know, when you have a career, you know, obviously it's not as long as your career, JB, but like there's so many times when we have bad years and injuries and stuff. And it's like, I, I'm so glad that I, I guess just kind of persevered and kept pushing through for the majority of it. And, you know, I think if you stick it out and have that grit, like you definitely are rewarded with some pretty cool moments. So that right there, Troy, again, we just sort of talked about that, right? You can't give up. You just have to, even though you had some bad years, you just keep grinding. And Alex did that. And and as Cade said, it's not always easy to, to sometimes it almost be easier to give up. And Alex never did. And when he looks back, he sees the success. That's a successful career. He didn't make millions of dollars. He's not set for life, but he had a successful career. No, he definitely did. He went from, I mean, obviously, 1110 mod, mods bikes were fast, but they were also ticking time bombs. And he went from that to, you know, putting in some results or blowing up on the side of the track. It was it was um, one or the other. There's no in between on that. To factory um, rider and having the points lead and winning some nationals. Like, that's, that's a successful career. Representing Team USA, like he said, like, he was the only one celebrating and, he, and everyone else was all mad that they lost. Yeah. Yeah. He was celebrating. So that was cool to, to hear that story. Yeah, I agree. I want to tell you guys about Michelin bicycle tires. Cade, you're training. I hope you're running some Michelins on your mountain bikes, your road bikes. Cause if you're not, you need to be, you guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires, the star cross sixes from the pulp mix show. I'm here to tell you about the star, uh, the Michelin bicycle tires in 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable B pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same tires as my... Damn, I just screwed that whole thing up. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, as well as myself, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild, the new BMX 20-inch Pilot, or any other of the road models, bike.michelin.com. All right, uh, Cade, what did you think about Kenny? They described him after the interview as transparent. And at times, 
Yes, and at other times, I'm not so sure that I agree with that. But what do you think of Ken, his his interview overall? He's good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, he's more fun with JB because they're such good friends. But I, I don't always think Kenny is the most open person in an interview because, you know, he's one of the guys at the top, right? Like him and Eli and Anderson and those guys, like they're not open books. Right. You know, like they, they think everything has to be super close to the chest because if they give away a secret, all of a sudden so-and-so is going to do the same thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but there were definitely times where I thought he was open. I thought he got a little touchy, on the guy who asked about the body fat question. Oh yeah. I thought that, like I was like, I was like, dude, you're not really answering the guy's question. Um, and you're kind of like, he almost sounded like super sensitive about it. And, uh, I was cause like, I have like body, fat, not issues, but like, like I'm super lean. And so I was like super, like when that guy asked that question, I was super intrigued. And then it was like, he basically avoided the whole question to me, I felt like. And sometimes guys like him do that. And it's understandable. Like, you know, they may have their reasons, but, you know, I definitely thought like that question specifically, like was edgy to me. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, I, you know, I, now that you say that I didn't really, it wasn't like actually a topic that I even took a note on, but now that you say it and I'm thinking back, yeah, he did kind of not seem to enjoy, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go there. Yeah, he to me at least he did not yeah want to uh yeah, discuss it. <laughs> uh so Troy right off the bat just joking trying to create a little fun. Steve asked him who gave who gave better life advice, Andrew Short or Justin Brayton? And his response, Ken's response was, you know, Justin Brayton, but he's like, yeah, now he he made this comment where he said, "Well, now I'm not winning. I'm married. I'm lame." And he sort of said it in this joking way, right? But in my, I'm hearing it as like, no, this is a mental thing. Like, this is something that's bothering you because you sort of actually believe this and you're trying to say it as a joke because that's what all the keyboard warriors say and the media maybe says a little bit. But I think this is getting to you. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's sort of how I took that response. I thought when he said that it was kind of, I, I I liked it. It was funny. Okay. And I, I laughed at it. And I thought it was great. I, and but he just won like three rounds ago. So uh, was it three or four rounds ago, Colorado? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. What do you mean he doesn't win anymore? Like he just did, and he's been up in the you know top two of the points. So I don't know. Like maybe when these guys like have kids and settle down, it's they get different, and it's not just him. It's it's pretty much all of them. All like the you see the change. Guys, yeah. yeah. You know, you especially saw it with like Reed and stuff. Like I, I know like I have two young crazy kids. So, and they're both boys and, but I don't, I don't, act, I don't feel like I act the way like some of these riders do. Like it does change your life, but like you can still be you. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much into that, but it, yeah. a lot of them focus on the dad part of thing and that's great, but sometimes it's too much. Yeah, I think I would think Kay that it would lean more towards the pressures of that role at that level. But and what he said, yeah, he did just win a couple rounds ago, but he's not winning consistently, and that's what's expected of him. And I'm going to talk about the the standards that he's being held to in a minute. But 
I just feel like there's something mental going on with Ken, and when he, the when he said that, that's it. Sort of was a red flag for me. But again, I may be reading too much into it. No, I hear you. I think he's trying to lower his expectations because he doesn't. I mean, he's obviously uh, to me, he is the fastest dude in the class. Like, and you see that on the first three laps of every race. Like, that's why he's always at the front. That's why he's always got a six second lead after two laps. Like he goes faster than anybody, but he, I think he knows that he can't currently go the distance at that pace and that bothers him. And again, this is my opinion. I love Kenny. I idolize his technique and style, but I agree with you in the fact that, you know, he, in his head, his expectations are still to win, but then in reality, he's trying to make it seem like his expectations are lower yeah, so that, yeah. it, you know, it all, fl- so it doesn't seem so bad, but I mean, yeah, he's, ex- I mean, he's a guy who's expected to win and, uh, it's, it's gotta be difficult when you don't win. And, you know, you can say why or, you know, whatever it is here or there, but, you know, I think he's a guy who should be able to win and hopefully uh he can get back to it i mean he obviously did it a couple weeks ago so he still can yeah well you you kind of made the the point you made in going into 21 is when he was like oh it is what it is i'm just gonna do the best i can and i'm gonna accept the results and all that stuff and i felt the same thing what you just said that that was like a he was trying to tell himself it didn't matter that much because there was something going on in my opinion but then they coming into outdoors, I think it was outdoors this year where he put that post up that was like, F everybody. And like, okay, whoa, we just shifted 180 degrees, but it didn't work the way he thought it was. And now it's back to, well, I, you know, it's just whatever. And I, I don't know, man, there's, he's trying to figure himself out. It almost feels like, but with this interview and with the way Steve and JB handled it, like there was some fun stuff within the interview, but then we got some serious stuff. They brought up world supercross and that turned into like a fun it was segment. A touchy subject. It was, but it was sort of fun with the stuff like the 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 discussion between between him and being worried about JB, which I'm going to play that right now. Do you sense the nervousness, maybe a little anxiousness on in Kenny's voice right now? He's yeah. talking about World Supercross. No, I, He's saying he needs he, a little more preparation. Yeah, yeah there's I'm doing World there's, Supercross. There's he, a guy. Is there any correlation there's there? There's a guy that goes to these <laughs> off-seas races and he's really good. And he, he he's old. He's old, but he's still really but good. Yeah, yeah. I saw him beat Stu at Bercy. <laughs> I saw that with my own eyes. I've seen him beat Marv. I've seen him beat everybody. You know, once I called it quits in Supercross, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not going to have to race Justin ever again. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. And now here that's we right. are. But now we fly over the ocean. It's game on. Oh boy, it's game I, on. Hey, you know, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like since you're the one with the with the experience and everything. I'm gonna be glued to your ass in every practice trying to get a fast lap. I'm already shivering over here. I don't really know. I, can I, tell. I honestly, you know, I don't even know if I'm gonna show up. So yeah, Kate. Like with that audio, I felt like I'm not saying I felt like Kenny meant any of those things but that was kenny being kenny he was having fun with his buddy joking like that was real kenny in my opinion you could hear him giggling in the background that was a really fun moment for me i felt like i was getting a peek inside kenny when he's hanging out with his boys yeah i agree that part and that's what you know that part right there is what makes me know that like the the body fat thing was touchy because in that part of the the conversation he was fun um, joking around, 
Um, but even when they like transitioned over into like the touchiness subject of like the controversy that's been around him and like who he's going to ride for when yeah. they talked about that. Right. Um, like his tone of voice changes because he knows like there's only certain things he can say or what he wants to say. And um, so, yeah, it's easy to see with him, you know, when he is being super open, I feel like, and being, you know, kind of closed off or not totally open book. Yeah. And then Troy, they also talked about, this is the thing that Ken talked about where sort of what we already talked about where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I believe that Kenny is being honest, this is it here to, to pull a whole shot and lead laps and everything. And you don't run up on the box. I imagine you're just like moving on, but how much were you affected from sort of red bud? We talked to you a little bit about being a sick and you sound a congestion and everything else. Is that still kind of lingering? Um, I mean, it seems like it, like I haven't really been feeling that great. And obviously that showed this weekend. I mean, granted, I am kind of on a different setup every weekend I go to, um, which that doesn't probably have. I just have a hard time getting comfortable. Like I'm working my ass off, and, and especially mentally, like just because I've had a couple of rough weekends, I'm not pounding my head into the sand. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just did a – I don't know. I didn't really have it. I can't really – I don't really know why and whatnot. I, I made a bunch of changes. My starts were on point. Yep, <laughs> that was yep. Starts were really good. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't really – I don't know. It, it was a, it's just funky. I'm, I'm just trying to – catch myself and and move on and keep working hard it was it was a tough one again but i can't really change it at this point and uh, like i said i'm still you know it always looks really bad and, and even for me personally it's it sucks right like i just haven't been good but and these guys are kind of running away a little bit and points wise and whatnot and it's all happened within the last couple of weeks and it's kind of a tough pill to swallow but at the same time i'm still third in the championship and and I, I, just, I don't feel like my time's over yet. You know, we, I know we're halfway and whatnot, but um, I'm still working really hard to to get back, get comfortable, and just kind of get a little bit consistently good results rather than all over the place where I've been. So, Troy, when I say I don't know that he's being completely honest, like I feel like he's way more stressed out than he's letting on. Um, I still think, yes, I, I agree. He's riding great, like third in the championship. Some of his rides, he's one of the best riders in the world, obviously. Kay just said he's probably the fastest guy in the field. But for him, there's something going on that he can't figure out. He just keeps talking about, like, I'm changing my setup every weekend. That's not normal. You got to stop doing that shit. He should know that, right? The team, but there's, he's searching for any possible answer and he's so far inside his head, it seems like. And I kind of wish he would just say, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like, that's like, I'm so lost. But he's, he almost is sugarcoating it a little bit. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, it's, it's whatever. It's no big deal. We're going to figure it out. But I, I feel like it's a much bigger deal than he's letting on. Yeah, like in that clip, he like, you can just tell he has no, like, when when, when he's winning, he's it's like, everything's great. But then like, the moment that something, that he's not winning, like he's searching for something else. And that's probably what's been happening the past several years. He just, like, he has to change everything up or he feels like he, if some, if everything's not perfect, like it's not, he's not going to win or. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I think it's a mental thing with Ken, but just the way it sounds in that clip, it just, he just sounds frustrated with, with how things go, but then it's like, he just won. So I, I don't know. I'm not a pro athlete. I mean, I'm an elite athlete, but I'm not like Ken Roxon level. So, uh, okay. You know, it's just, what do you, what do you even do? Like he just doesn't sound like he knows what he's doing. So. I think next year going to the World Supercross is going to be probably good for him because then he can just like like I feel like he can go in there and dominate. He he probably feels that way too. So 
Well, and, just have, be, and relax a little bit, right? He even talked about like right. none of the fancy stuff, not having a motorhome. Probably be good for me. Like, let's get back to the roots. Just, right. You're here to enjoy racing. Just go have fun, man. Like, shit, yeah. you know, I know the pressure, right, Kate? I know how much money Honda's paying you. But if you're not having fun, we've seen it over and over and over, it's going to go bad eventually. And talk, like, what are your thoughts on that? And also just the setup, changing the setup every weekend that is that's that's the biggest sign right there to me that like you got to figure something out that's decent and fucking figure and then go ride yeah i mean i don't i've never understood that right like some of these guys like they make these huge drastic changes and then they wonder why they're uncomfortable i mean i get that they're searching but like are they do they not try these drastic changes like preseason at all and then understand what they like more or less and then make my new changes from there. I just, I've never been in that position. So I don't have, I guess a ton of insight because, you know, to a suspension guy, like Eli Tomac switched from an air fork to, or from a, hybrid. like a, a hybrid fork to an air fork in between motos. Like what? That didn't actually happen. Like, that was, that was, uh, it happened before the first moto. That was a misunderstanding on JT's part. Well, whatever. it was before like, the moto, but yeah, but it was between race. But he still did it from yes. practice to the moto. Like yes, that's yes. insane. Yeah. Like imagine if it was awful. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and to a suspension guy, like that's not a huge deal, but to me, like a head case, like no freaking way am I doing that at a race. And, uh, like I know I can adapt and try different things to make it work. But I, I, I mean, I, I guess it's it's crazy to me that they try and make all these changes every single week and uh, yeah t- I just yeah I'm, I'm bamboozled. Yeah. Well, and I think again I think some of these things these things that Kenny's doing is an effect from what Steve talked about or the standards he's held to. Like, and I'm gonna play that in just a moment. But when third is just not even close to good enough. How can you not be in your own head? Like you're riding as 20 of the, or 40, let's say supercross in general, there's 22, right? Outdoors there's 40 of the best riders in the world. For the most part, you're getting third top five consistently. You should be praised for that. You should be thankful, but it's nope. It's not good enough. I got to find that other, other half second, a lap or whatever it is, two seconds, a lap, whatever it ends up being. And you never are like, wow, this is not, this is pretty good. So you're constantly trying to meet these standards. Let's just listen to that audio and we can discuss it. I feel like Roxon's results over the last few years have been held to a different standard. Like second in Supercross, third in Outdoors, second in Outdoors. You know, like everyone's like, yes, there's been no titles. Yes, okay, I got it. But how many motocrossers are held to the standard that Kenny is? Even the media could do a better job to keep these guys around is maybe don't hold them to that high of a standard or like yeah. win or be miserable. And I think Dunge has got a, a taste of being out of it, and now he's coming back, and look how happy he is. Kenny Roxon, the one of the best racers yeah, ever, right. and still have an off day and get fourth, and you can still be somewhat happy. Look, I know you want to have the drive and, and all that, and you want to win, and the team wants to win and all that, but now that he's a he's yeah. married and he's a dad and like that's yeah. what i would hope for a guy like ken and even other guys in there in the future or maybe even eli right now I, I, you know what you just want to be happy okay. racing i agree with you ricky chad and james ruined it for every other racer because if they didn't win 
they didn't want to talk. But and, no and other sport is like that. No. Really. NASCAR, no other sport is NASCAR like guys that. win, and then they get 13th the yeah. next week. It's like, whatever. Exactly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I hope no that our asshole. sport can, like, <laughs> the narrative has to change to keep these guys around, to keep Eli wanting to race longer, to yeah. keep Kenny wanting to race yeah. longer. Because if he retires at 27, we've seen guys do that, and it's like, yeah. uh, right. what do I do now? Kenny likes to surf. He's, he can only surf so much. Right. Still wants to have that drive and that competitiveness to wake up and work hard and... I'm still working hard. I'm still working. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I yeah. like to hear that rather than, oh, I didn't win. I'm going to give up on I'm it. I'm a piece of shit. So I think I just have raised the bar at one point so high, and now the contrast is just like kind of like the opposite. You know what I mean? But I am working on it. Like, now more than ever, I believe that my time will still come. I will say, Kenny, I, I, as a media guy, Kenny's after the, the bad races, he's talked. He's come out. He's yeah. talked. He, he, you know, James would hide in his bus. Chad would, you know, none mm -hmm. of these guys would come out even, right? They'd be so disgusted with themselves. I've talked to Kenny after some of his worst races, you know, and he's stood up and yeah. been like, hey, I didn't have it. Not happy tonight. Bike didn't work great. You know, we'll get him next week. Like, you know. Oh, like, so he's actually a human being. Yeah, yeah he's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's a like, human we, being. Right. And it's yeah. not easy, yeah. though, right? Because I have that feeling, too, where I'm just like, man, I don't have anything to say. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so Cade, I just feel like he, Steve was right. I thought that was a really great point about the standards he's held to. But, and it's not right. It's not fair with our, in our sport to do that. As he said, the NASCAR comparison was true, right? You get guys, they don't always finish in the top. There's mechanicals, there's different things, there's a lot of other talented drivers, racers, et cetera. And these guys should be praised for doing well and being at the top level of our sport. But when third is not good enough, as I said earlier, at some point, you just I, I, these guys got to be going like almost literally going crazy within themselves in their head, and he just doesn't know what to do anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I get it um, from an athlete standpoint. You know, when I was this year for reference, I was getting top fifteens consistently, and then one weekend I didn't make the main, and it was like I was the biggest pos there was. Like I I was mad at myself, this and that. And I'm like, man, I'm having a great year. Like I look back on it and I'm like, wow, that really wasn't that big of a deal. But in the moment it is. And, you know, I mean, we raise, we all raise our standards to a certain point. And when someone's won as much as Kenny has, you know, the, the bar is hot. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say I feel bad for him, but he definitely, I would say him and Eli have the highest standard of anyone in our sport. In the, at the moment, obviously. Yeah, Troy, I don't think that standard is fair. And, but as I was saying earlier, I don't, all, the way it was all answered, a lot of this, this is a really good interview. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know that I agree with the uh, adjective of transparent, though. I'm not sure that he was fully honest with it himself. But mm -hmm. again, the, the standards, yeah, it's not fair and it, it's got to make it tough. And, and I do feel a little bit bad for him because I do think. I just think he's in his head, and I don't know how he get how you get out of that at this point. Well, like you said, with the transparency with the top guys, like it doesn't really exist unless you like you can't really give the full story. Like like Steve will say, you know, he'll get it from a source and hear the whole story. <laughs> but like, but but unless you're like best friends with like Ken Rocks, and you're not going to know what he's going through on a day to day. Yeah. So, and, and you can't even tell that once once it's out there, like, or you're just he's never going to talk to you again. True. But I, yep. I mean, the transparency thing, like with riders, they got to be, they need to be more real, I guess. Like I, I know that not a lot of them want to give any edge to anybody, but 
I don't know. The, the, the media does need to be better. Brayton's right. Like we do need to get better about like, it's, there's more to life than just winning the titles. And they were making the point of like winning and titles is like all that matters, but like it, it really shouldn't be that way. And uh, you need to be better dark side. That's really all it is. Or Jamie, vital Jamie, you need to be better. It's all your fault. Well, I, so. I work for vital now, so it's, it's, yeah. it's all going to be about, I'm, I can't wait for this article. I'm going to write on Cade and he's never going to talk to me again. Yeah. Well, he'll talk to me. So that's all that matters. <laughs> Guts race. Yeah, bro. Guts racing yeah. was established in 1990 as a premier off highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place, so check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. I get my Blue Crew suspension back in next week sometime, and there's a Guts Racing seat on, on my 252-stroke Cade. I'm ready to rip. Yeah, man. I mean, are you excited for me? I'm happy for you. Two fifty-two stroke. Thanks to Kiefer and Steve Mathis. It's gonna be good. Race tech, uh, yeah. race tech suspension. Just like you, just like my idol, Cade. Race tech. Race the best. Tech. Checkers. Checkers. Hell Checkers. yeah. It's the best. Clay Check, Olson, Wyatt, Rob, all, all the whole crew. Yep. Clay Olson up at PDR in Minneapolis or Minnesota. He uh, he's hooking me up. So yep. Race tech. Pulp 22 to save at Race Tech. We'll talk about that more when we get to the rant. Let's talk about the MXDN talk. Let's listen to what they had to say first, and we'll try to do a discussion without giving oh, our wait. Isn't, isn't MXDN part of the rant? Well, yeah, that's a different discussion on MXDN. That was okay. This is going to be about who's <laughs> going to ride 250. That was not part of the rant. <laughs> So it'll be multiple MXDN discussions (laughs) where we will do our best to not give our own opinions on how we feel about who may be riding. Here we go. Fair enough. From what I hear, I talked to somebody today that's talked to a lot of people. It's down to Craig or Barsha for the MX2 spot. I'm on the Barsha bandwagon. This weekend didn't help us. And obviously Sexton and Tomac are the 450 guys. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely the 450 spots. The only thing why I liked Anderson, which I know he might not even be a pick, is... I feel like he's the best passer. So I would say give the nod to, to Barsha by a little bit, but I think Craig could do a good job. He's He is a good starter. Yep. Craig is a really good starter. The, the so, reasoning I heard today was for Craig, and obviously he's a great rider, so we, we mm-hmm. know that. Star really supports this event really well. Yeah. And Craig rode a 250 this year in Supercross. Yep. I don't see that being the equivalent. Like, I don't see that. Like, yeah. look at Craig's 250 motocross results. Yeah. Not great. I think he's too smart. He's too preci- precise of a guy. To, to, to ride a 250 the way you need to do it. Do you guys worry a little bit about experience at this race with this level of pressure situationally? That that would make me lean towards Barsha more. Uh, Kate, I'll go to you first. So they all pretty much lean more towards Barsha than Christian. Uh, JB obviously talked about Jason Anderson, which doesn't seem to be on the table at the moment. Do you agree with their thoughts and their reasoning? Um, I agree with their thoughts. Um, I don't want to give my opinion on the matter. I think Steve has a valid point about Barsha, the way he rides. Um, he is a good starter, um, but he's also a good passer, um, you know, riding from the back. Um, so I personally, I think uh, Barsha 
is the better pick, so I would agree with Steve. Um, but I think everyone has valid points. I mean, I brought up the Craig thing on Twitter one day, um, and uh, you know, I think everyone has their reasonings behind it. But yeah, I think Steve has the best opinion with the Barsha thing. Yeah, uh, you you too, Troy. Give me your thoughts, and I've got something to say. Yeah, Steve. Uh, Steve got a good point with the Barsha thing, but I have. I mean, I'm not giving my opinion here, but I am. Like, no, I wanted someone to bring up that Barsha's been. I don't know, maybe two, three times. I don't. I can't remember exactly the stats on that. I need to be better, but he's never won. So it would be cool to see him go, and especially on two fifty, and just like you know, rip it. So I think Steve is right. We should be on the Barsha bandwagon here. Yeah, and I have zero. I think Barsha would be great. I would love to see Barsha also on a two fifty two stroke. So. I think those are good points. What I say? Did I say two stroke? Yeah, you oh. got the two stroke on the mind. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my plastic, my Cherby's plastic, and all my stuff, and I'm dreaming about riding. Um, I said last week that I actually made a bet with somebody because I, I have heard that Christian has already been called by Roger and asked to do it. And I have a friend that's really good friends with Roger, and supposedly it was already done. Now I have talked about that with Steve and Weege and they've given me reasons why they think that's probably not the case. So I don't know for sure, but I, I have pretty well stamped Christian just based off that information. And then I, I want to make a, an amendment from last week during the discussion of the MXDN choices. I was like, well, I feel like of our current 250 riders, Justin Cooper is our best option, but he's still having issues with his foot. So that was like, well, if they can't, Decide on a 450 guy. Just give another 250 guy a, a, a chance. And I said, like McAdoo, and Steve and Kiefer absolutely destroyed me in a text about it. I actually meant Hammaker. I just wasn't. I got tongue-tied. And then by, t- by the time I realized it, the show was almost done, and I didn't go back to it. They absolutely destroyed me in a text for a half hour. So naming every rider on the planet that they should just pick instead of McAdoo, including guys like Budman or something. I don't even remember. They were just giving me, they were just <laughs> absolutely killing me. So I don't know. I think, I do think Barsha would probably be my choice as well, but I don't think Christian's a bad pick. Barsha's probably a better pick. So I, I guess I have to agree with everybody. I, I like Jason Anderson too, Cade. I think Jason, although I heard he doesn't want to do it, on a 250, I think Jason would be fun to watch on a 250. Yeah, I as well. Um, you know, he like a like Barsha, he's an aggressive passer, um, rides well from the back. <clears throat> and as much as you don't want to see that, but that's that's the life of being a 250 guy at MXDN is, you know, you're up against 20 450s and, yeah. you know, then all equal bikes to you. The odds of you getting a really good start are low. So, um, you have to be good at, you know, riding around other guys and forcing your way to the front. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those two dudes I think are the best passers. Do I think Christian's the best dude coming from the back? No. Um, I think Steve has great points about Christian not being great outdoors on a TVDF. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's, there's that. How much time do you have left, Cade? Oh, I'm here, man. I'm good. Okay. All right. We'll try to wrap, I'll do a few more things. I want to jump really quick to, well, no, one more thing on MXDN. J-Bone for Team Manager. That was brought up, I think, during the rant. But I loved it. Yeah, yeah. T- talk about why. Why did you love that? Because J-Bone is just, he's like a good 
people person, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like as the rider liaison this year, he did such a good job um, communicating with everyone, finding his way to all the rigs, even the privateer pits and communicating with everyone, not just like the superstars. Um, and I think having someone like him be the middleman between, you know, Roger and his KTM guys and, you know, Cowie and their guys, um, that would be a super easy way for them to work together. But then, you know, Roger not get any insight into what Cowie's actually doing. Like, I, 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 I don't see how, you know, Cowie can be that stuck up to where like, oh, we're not going to tell Roger that we're not going to change tires after the site lap or something stupid like that. Like if it was an actual race, they would see you do it at the race and they would probably do the same exact thing. Like those dudes are all on the same level of intelligence. Like they're not idiots. So it, it kills me to know that like they can't figure out how to work together. But I think someone like J bone would be a way better person in that position um, than Roger. And I don't have any, Thing bad to say about roger but if they can't figure out how to work together because of their racing positions away from mxdn then they need someone a better middleman totally agree troy dog thoughts on j bone mm-hmm. troy dog's opinion doesn't even matter man. okay Dude, never we, mind we, Moving we, on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. for, 20, on. for 22 <laughs> years seal savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry seal savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt dust rock sand and mud Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have full line of products for the, your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bikes. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Okay, MXDN rant. It's Team USA. They came to me. I don't know if I told the story on the show or not. They came to me... At- during Supercross and said, hey, man, great work with all your fundraising for this Yamaha LCQ race, by the way. You've raised so much money. You have a great listenership. You have great power uh, of li- raising money for good causes, which I do, and I thank you people for all of that, for watching and listening and all that. They said, we want to make some merch and have a website and sell merch, and all that money goes to Team USA, and you know you can promote it and help us out and pump it up and we, we want you to help them out and i said no and they looked at me and like i like those guys that asked me they're good guys mm-hmm. i said no and they're like what i'm like you guys have lost eight years in a row like any coach would be fired and i <laughs> yeah. love rog rog has done a great job for team usa when no one gave a shit in 1981 rog was there and he has done a, such a fantastic job but He's working for a competitor that the other people don't trust, okay? The other teams. It's, it's a natural rivalry. Mm-hmm. We have other OEM people that don't want to work with Raj because they don't want to tell him anything and they don't want him to know anything because mm-hmm. he works for the enemy now, which he always did, but I guess it's a little more Austrian-Japanese uh, thing, you know? I think it's a little more of that. Yep. There's been dubious choices made. Inside gates left open. Tires not changed after a sloppy parade lap on a metal grate. Rider selection, not great. No outside-the-box thinking. And USA is getting their ass kicked year after year after year. And again, do something different. And they don't. And I ain't helping. Rider choices are shitty. Guys aren't coming through. There's no camaraderie. Teams aren't pitting together. Results are subpar. And they, they just keep rolling out the red carpet. Yep. So, yeah, I'm out. I'm not selling the merch! 
Troy, that's uh, that's pretty strong of Steve. He's like, no, I'm not fucking helping. Like, he feels strongly. He's sticking to his guns about how he feels about something, and I'm not helping. You know, until you f- do things differently and try to make it better, I, I, you got to give him credit for that, man. That's like most people would be like, all right, yeah, I'll help out. But he's like, no. Yeah, that was a strong step arm by Steve. That just shows you, like, like when he firmly believes in something, like, he's just, that's what he believes in, and that's what he's sticking to it. That's why he's so stubborn. That's why he's so successful. And he's damn sure why stubborn. He has, why he has a million foot ceilings. Like, that's just how it is. But, like, I understand his points. I think it's awesome that they came to him and he turned him down. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a power move, right? There. That's a CEO move. So, like, the fact they're coming to him, for that, like that shows his power and, and that's awesome. But I, I mean, we at, at Verb, we have merch, so like they can come to us and then we'll, we'll pump it up. Like we'll, we'll do what they want. You'll help so out. I see a perfect, I see a perfect opportunity here. We have a huge warehouse full of merch right now. Right. Can, you know, so we'll just make more. You got any of that Troy dog then, merch that I still haven't gotten? It's, uh, I, I, I think, um, so, Chili dog, he I guess he doesn't want to be a millionaire yet. Like mm. he wants to like wait a little bit longer because like it would sell out immediately. That's what it is. Um, okay. So I, I don't know. I don't think he wants to make that much money yet. So. All right. Cade, thoughts on the rant. I, I the the point about, you know, any coach in any major sport that has lost eight years in a row gets replaced is a very, very valid point. Oh, I mean, Steve, it was spot on. And I feel like we just talked about it. I think that was the point when he brought up J-Bone and stuff. Right. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was was spot on. Um, That was one of the smartest things I've heard Steve say in a while. (laughs) Fair point. I like that, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. I got a box in the mail Friday with an air filter for my 252 stroke, a carb kit for my 06450. Motorsport hooked me up. I did use the link through the PulpMexShow.com website so that he gets a little piece of it. So thanks to motorsport.com for that. All right, here's a big, this is going to be a fun closer for the most part. Berluti comes in. There's a lot of stuff we're not getting to tonight with this show, but my boy Berluti comes in and the discussion of what riders make at different levels comes up. I did not pull any of this audio. I just want to kind of discuss a little rundown of what they talked about. Mathis says, hey, at our in our sport, the top end guys make too much money uh, you know, in, in Berlin, he's like, yeah, they're not going to get rich, but for the size of the sport, he feels like it, they're getting the, the top end guys, the Eli's are getting too much of the percent pie of the, all the earnings and man, they, they got a little heated Cade. I mean, cause Berluti's like, oh, you're being a liberal. That's not how it works, which is not how it works. And Berluti kept saying, you know, these guys work their butts off. Well, they all work their butts off At that point. I, I agreed with Steve. Actually, disagree though. Overall, I don't. Oh, go, you go first, Cade. Yeah, I mean, I I liked Berluti's insight through the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he it was fun to listen to him and JB go back and forth about bikes and all the guys that he's worked for and stuff like that. Like he was super knowledgeable. And then this topic came up, 
and I like wanted to jump through the screen and like stare him in the face and be like, what are you talking about? Like it was just stressing me out because he was so all over the map. And yeah, I think Steve is right. The top dudes do get way a boy bigger percentage uh, than we do. Like, you know, if there's 10 million on the table, they're getting nine and we're splitting the other million between 30 of us. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and do they probably deserve that much money? Yeah, they're great athletes, but I think that there's a huge drop off at like, I'd say between like eight and 10 back to 15th, and mm-hmm. then another huge drop off at like 18th to, you know, 25th, and then basically nothing from 25th to 40th. Um, and, uh, you know, that gap if you want more stability in the sport and you want more depth and you want more longevity from athletes, like you got to pay dudes more. And, uh, I think it made me mad because they were arguing the same thing, but for some, for some reason, Berluti kept bringing up Steve being a liberal and it had like, Steve was basically being the opposite. And in my opinion, he's like, He's like, I just want everyone to get paid more for what they deserve because they're working hard. It's not like we're trying to give these guys money for free. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a it was stressful to me to listen to. Well, what I heard and what I think Berluti was responding to was Steve almost saying, Well, these guys are making too much of the percent pie. So if there's a hundred percent and they're getting the ninety percent. Well, I don't think they should get the 90%. They should, some of their money should be taken away to give to the other guys. And that's where I think the problem is. You, you don't take away from the guys that are earning this much and say, no, nope, no, nope, we're taking part of your pay to get some of these guys. But you have to definitely figure out how to get the other guys more. And I think that's, to me, that's what I saw is where they were butting heads was basically Berlusi's like, you're being a liberal. You, just, you know, you're taking, you want to take away from the guys. That's because he, he started to get into taxes, right? Like he was, well, should this guy that makes more money be taxed a higher percentage than somebody that makes less? And that's where he started getting way off base. But I think, like, I definitely think guys like yourself, Cade and A-Ray and your, your group of guys should make way more money, but not, uh, Troy, from taking it from Eli's portion. Like most of Eli's portion comes from OEM or whatever, and I don't know how you fix that, uh, but what what did you think about the discussion? Where did you fall, or where, what? Who did you agree with? <laughs> well, I mean, I I agree with. I feel like they were fighting for the same thing. They were just trying to throw. Yeah, they were just they you know they both wanted chiz to make more money, and, but right. but how yeah. are they going to get it? Is the I think the difference. Yeah, and that's where I enjoyed the discussion because they were just like shouting out. Like, I mean, at point at one point it got kind of silly, but like it at first it was it was informational, like. Like, what if we did this or what if we did that? And that's what I enjoy about, you know, that part of the show because everyone just shouts out ideas. And right. Some of them are okay, but I didn't really, when he called him out as a liberal, I just, I, I kind of shrugged it off. Like, I don't, and then I saw Twitter today. So I'm like, not really sure, like, if they, like, really appreciated that. Like, I know Steve didn't really seem to appreciate him calling him that. But um, I, when I was listening to it, I really didn't think it was that heated. But oh, like, I haven't I really know. looked at Twitter today. I'll have to, I'll have to follow up well, on that. Steve, Steve did a couple t- quote tweets and he was just saying like, it just got politicized and he like, he appreciates Berluti, but 
he listens to just right wing right wing radio in his garage all day and stuff oh, like that. Oh man, so, Cade, I can yeah. argue, Cade's Berluti's the new Pingree. They're not they're gonna be they're not gonna be friends anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, no. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm uh, scrolling there. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. If I look right now, I'll, I'll ha- there'll be dead silence for a few minutes. I'm going to have to wait. But, okay, I had a, a listener. His name is Dave Locke. Reach out on Instagram. He DM me, and he gave me this, like, again, I, I don't know. It's not an analogy, but a comparison. He said, I would love, he said, I would have loved for Berluti to say, well, okay, Steve, you're like the Eli Tomac of podcasts. You make too much of the pie. You need to give more to the Moto X pod show and to main event. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I just shifted gears to how I feel about this whole topic. So I thought that was kind of That's a awesome. funny uh, comparison, yeah. but like, I know I don't feel like, like if I want more, I, d- I need to find a way to make more for our show. Steve makes the what he makes because he's earned it. So, you know, I think that was at least how I feel. Um, as far as uh, payout from Feld or payout from MX Sports, that's where some of the changes probably need to happen is the guys in the lower tiers, lower positions definitely need to be making more money. They definitely shouldn't be paying entry fees. They need to have more money coming in somehow. But I again, not in my opinion, from taking it from the top guys, we have to figure out how to get the the, the guys under the, the the top five more money though. Anyway, I, I gave some of my yeah, opinions. Well, well, Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like guys like Cade and Starling and Harlan and all these guys, they need to be at least millionaires. Like, come on, at least, yeah, go. yeah, well, at least, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way with my I new gig. That. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, my wife, my <laughs> wife just yelled from across the house. She agrees to. <laughs> How'd she hear? How'd she hear what Troy Dog said? Because I put it on speaker because I'm trying to find oh. these tweets. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We we see, yeah. What's up, Sarah? We got we got plans She's for that alive. to make you a millionaire, Cade. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about me? No, uh, just you're me. already there. I think. Wait till wait till Dark Side gets. I, I can't call you Jamie, man. I just can't do it. Wait till Jamie uh, gets his ceiling. There we. Yeah, not, the ceilings yeah, right. won't be raised at my house anytime soon, but I am so freaking excited about getting a shot finally. Whew. Jamie, I'm getting high ceilings in my shop. Well, I'm getting, I am getting, I, ha, I will have 10 foot ceilings in the shop, but not in. Oh, dude, dude, dude. I just, I just went to 12. Oh, <laughs> well, that's what a, that's the life of a professional supercross racer. Oh, uh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. okay. My call, when I called it, well, we already kind of talked about, We've already talked about a little bit the decision, the uh, how to handle the wrap up. So, so we're going to skip my call. Uh, let's see here. I think I'm skipping a couple things so we can get this thing out of here. Okay, uh, are you racing Millville this weekend? Yeah, man. I'll be there. Sweet. Cool. Cool. Come uh, just bring some oxygen by the SGB tent whenever you get a chance. I'll do that, and I'll bring a Moto X Pod Show sticker to slap on the rear fender where maybe nobody will notice. I got bring no a head on my too. helmet. Just throw one on my helmet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap this thing up so i can go do some family stuff uh for my birthday and kate's got to get out of here and troy dog's probably gonna get lost heading somewhere Millville, bro i gotta go yeah i know i know troy dog's probably gonna go get right. lost because your your wife troy dog did send me a uh, a tweet about thank thanking me <clears throat> for taking some of your time so she could watch her her mystery shows or her murder shows or whatever you called them yeah yeah, the murder shows for sure. The murder sh- is this? That's are these are these like how to murder your husband and get away with it type shows? Like real? Yeah. That I think it's research. Hmm? That, that lady went to jail. That made that she went to jail for murdering her husband. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> you did. The lady who made that show, How to Murder Your Husband and Get Away With It. Oh. Oh, wow. wow. Awesome. So she's taking notes upstairs, probably. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So. Thanks to motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Seal Savers. Thanks to Cade Clayson and Troy Dog for coming on. Troy, anything I missed on the show? I know there's a bunch of topics we didn't get to. Anything that really stood out you wanted to t- talk about? Uh, I mean, I know you're ready to get out for your birthday little party you got going on, but um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much got it all. I want, I mean, maybe the Weege Phil Brayton thing. I mean, yeah. that was a good convo. Other than that, like, uh, you did pretty good. I yeah, think. I kind of skipped over that. I skipped over JB's comments on Joey Savacci. There was some good stuff in there. There's some stuff I really agree with, but yeah, sorry, we're cutting a little short tonight. Kate, anything, anything you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? No. Um, I, uh, I think we hit some of the major points. All right. Well, thanks to all the sponsors, including the non-wrap-up sponsors of Pulp Mech, such as Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, et cetera, et cetera. Go to PulpMechShow.com. Click on the sponsor links. Use the discount code. Support all those sponsors so they'll continue to support Pulp Mechs and hopefully the wrap-up show for at least six more months. Don't know what's going to happen after that. Somebody else may take it over. Don't know. We'll find out. You got any questions, comments, criticisms? Dark side at pulpmex.com. Other than that, guys, it's a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to re talk about the pulp show? Say